You are listening to Fanfare Tracks. Because of the following special program, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. Star Wars news in a single file. This is Making Tracks. Here are your hosts, Mark Newbold and Mark Mulcaster. That's not true. That's impossible. You're listening to Making Tracks and a very special episode recorded recently at Farthest from 23 down in Fordingbridge in the New Forest where myself and Panther Tracks contributor Jonathan Hipkiss discussed the latest news from the Star Wars galaxy, what's been on Disney+, Plus, what's coming, what's happened. So here's myself and Jonathan looking back at 2022. We are today, it's 2022, still unbelievably, December, going to talk, I think, about this year's Star Wars releases, the stuff we've got, loads of stuff on television... Nothing on film, sadly, but you know we'll get there one day. I know. I'm. I'm. After this year, I'm ready for Star Wars to come back to the cinema. I don't know about you. I'm oh, totally ready. Why do you think there's been this massive gap? Because, you know, Star Wars always prospered coming out every three years. It's mm-hmm. the circus coming to town, isn't it? Yeah. And when we had it every two years, it did feel too quick. You never really got a chance to monopolise on it in the best sense. Do you think that was a mistake that they? Does it feel like they rushed those sequel trilogy films out? Yeah, I mean, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because times have changed since the prequels. Oh, you've right. got this avalanche of streaming content yeah. and you've got to keep up and keep going. So I do think that, but I think they've slightly admitted that it was too much too yeah. soon. Yeah. So a break was good while they, re- while they take stock and have a rethink. But my concern is, not to be pessimistic no. too early, they should have... Decisions should have been made by now and we should be locked and ready. Yeah. Um, but I don't think... I mean, I get, get a bit technical here, but the Disney acquisition of Fox didn't help because now yeah. they've got all this plethora to go with. Yeah. So Star Wars has kind of been yeah. pushed back a bit, a bit too much. But I am ready now. It's weird, though, isn't it? It's already, and I can't believe it's, I think, next week, three years since Rise of Skywalker came out. I know. It which kind of came and went in a heartbeat because we'd got yeah. Mando happening and that was the big zeitgeist moment, you know, and, and the last, the ninth and final episode of the Skywalker saga kind of got lost in the mix. But yet, for the previous films, you knew on the horizon <coughs> that the next film was coming, you, you know, there was something lined up through the gates. And at the moment, there's nothing lined up in the chamber, is there? Uh, yes, so there's an odd void, isn't there? Because we don't... So you could, I get really excited about television, but the, the trouble with TV is that you move on so quick. Yeah. So there's no time to relax and enjoy. What you think about cinema, it's, it has to be an event yeah. because you have to physically go. You have to make the effort. Whereas, and it's uh, films what play for seven weeks typically, seven or Give eight or weeks. Give or take. Depending. Especially on Disney Plus when they want to get it on in 15 yeah, days. Um, so, that, yeah, that's, I'm, I don't know what, there's rumours, isn't there? Yeah. But I, and the trouble is, I think they're so, there's a little bit of fear, because now is they've built up whatever's next has got to be. Oh, man. A home run, 10 out of 10. Massively. And because, I think, because, and we talked about it yesterday at the show here in Fordingbridge, 
you know, you had Kathleen Kennedy announces, not just Kathleen Kennedy, she's just the voice mouthpiece that says, yes, let's do this. And it's, it's a whole team of people making it. It's unfair to just put, pick on her. But she would say, oh, here's the teaser trailer with... Uh, for Rogue Squadron, let's say, or, or mm-hmm. Taika Waititi's making a Star Wars adventure, and, and all these things get mentioned and named, and now, of course, we know Rogue Squadron, if it hasn't been completely wiped from the slate, it's pushed right to the back of the queue. The Taika thing's gone very quiet, but we kind of think that's happening, but not much yeah. word on that. Other things, there's been a couple of things in the last couple of weeks, whispers of things happening. It all seems to be a long way off. It does. I've got to the... Un- until it's filming, yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't take too much stock now. I have okay, let's wait and see because it was, it started to get a little bit. Yeah, I'm not going to get excited about this because I got friends of mine who were Rogue Squadron was going. To, they love the books, and they're heartbroken and it's not going to yeah. happen. Um, but don't you think Rogue Squadron picking on that for a second? Don't you think that would work way better as a TV show than a film? Well, this is the trouble now. Is what do you do? as a film and as a TV show yeah. is because, you know, TV's generally cheaper. There's less of a financial impact and less of a risk. Yeah. So is it not easier to go down the road of, well, we'll just TV all this. Yeah. But no, you don't want it because Star Wars has to be special. Yeah. It has to keep that specialness and I don't want it to get lost. And also, you had years and years, you know, I'm going to mention Star Trek, you had years and years of Trek was a TV show in the 60s and an animated show in the 70s and then it was a motion picture series in the 80s into the 90s and then Next Gen had come along and it became the big TV show again and then you had a golden age of Trek on television and then it went away after Enterprise and then JJ comes back with the the Kelvinverse movies and now on television Trek's just ridiculously, ridiculously successful. So, Trek is in a nice position in that it's as much a movie series now as a TV show, even though you, at its heart it's That's a TV true. show. That's true, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Whereas Star Wars now, right now, you can't say Star Wars is anything other than a TV... Right now in 2022, it's nothing other than a, a television franchise at the moment because there's no films on the horizon. That's but true. they'll come. Of course they'll come. There's too much money at stake to not do yeah. it. But at the moment, it's a TV enterprise, isn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. But it's been a good year for TV. It's been a very good year for TV. I mean, we kicked off with Book of Boba Fett, which... It got in just under the wire. That made just, me laugh. It was coming 2021. What was it? December the 29th? Something like that. It, yeah, I quite like that. They, they got it in. What did you make of that show? Because it, it's divided opinion. And I think divided opinion in both quality of what we saw on the screen and in quality of the storytelling. Where, where did you sit with that? It, it was such a show of two halves. It's almost impossible to judge it as one complete package of seven episodes of one show it was almost the stuff that really worked well you know Baba with the with the Tuscans yeah it was really good storytelling and it was it was nice to see that different take of the character but then it was so odd it was almost as if there was no consistency then you get the Vespers yeah and that gang and that was that left me a bit disappointing yeah and then so it was fine my rev- but then mando comes in exactly and it's absolutely phenomenal those two episodes and then you've got luke with training grogu which was yeah. just gorgeous yeah i was stood, i was watching it jaw dropped yeah and then of course the finale where it all so i don't ah, really hard to call it I, i've got to say i'd love to and i don't think we'll get it for a long time but I'd love to know. I'd love there to be a behind-the-scenes making-of book of 
season one of Book of Bobber and find out whether or not when they plotted it, planned it and laid it all out, those two episodes were always intended to be in there because they're so incongruous to the rest of the show. Yeah, it's true. I Because it, it boggled my brain. Oh, massively. Because it completely came... A theory I had, a complete theory I haven't, it was that maybe John, John and Dave were told, look, we've had this Boba Fett knocking about for a while. Yeah. Can you do something with it, please? Because it was almost if... Because I love the Mandalore. It's, yeah. it, it's a phenomenon for a reason. I it, it literally brought Star Wars back off life support, is sure, what I say. Sure. But the energy when Mando came in in episode five, yeah. you could feel the passion, yeah. the love. And it, yeah. Whereas with the Boba Fett, it was almost as if... And it's tricky as well because I think they, they, they were boxed into a corner in the sense that clearly... And, and this conversation has been had downstairs in Farthest From with various folks, that, that if... If they'd have made a Boba Fett project in, let's say, if the Josh Trank Boba Fett project had have happened, it would have been far more like The Mandalorian yeah. than, than The Book of Boba Fett. And that all the classic elements of what we consider to be Boba Fett are essentially The Mandalorian. Absolutely. And they've added the Lone Wolf and Cub element and, and added that father-son aspect to it to give it a twist. Yeah. But basically, Mandalorian is what you would have expected 10 years ago a Boba Fett project to be. And so they've got to pivot to make Boba Fett something else. And somebody very astutely, he might have been you, but somebody very astutely said, well, actually, the Boba in Book of Boba Fett kind of feels more like an older Django Fett than an older Boba Fett. Yeah, somebody did say that. I can't yeah. remember who now. But yeah. something that's just occurred to me is that the Boba Fett of Mando season two and Book of Boba, they're not consistent. No. When, he, when Boba returned, was it episode six? Uh, yeah, six I think it was. Six, of season yeah, two? Yeah. That, he... Oh, absolutely. Mind-blowing. He was... I remember my old man saying, he went, good, this is yeah. like... It, was, it felt a bit much for Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So the hype for what I was really... But then it wasn't that... You know, he liked his baths and he liked yeah. his walks and talks. It was all... Yeah. It, those two aren't consistent no. with each other, which didn't quite make sense. But I'm not one to dwell overly on... I, I'm not one of these to, sure. to keep sitting around going, oh, I don't. But it was... I said at the time of those those four, it was just terribly in the middle. Yeah, it, yeah. you know, and we were ready yeah. to move on really quickly. And also with with the show, <coughs> like Star Wars, where you know there's going to be ancillary material, like books and comics, and you know that they can go back and drop an episode in if they want, and do there's an opportunities for them to expand the storytelling or define the storytelling that let's say they sat down and, and thought like we've just said there's, it feels like there's a tonal inconsistency mm -hmm. there that they could drop some sort of project in to go well actually and, and explain it you know a whole left in Star Wars storytelling yeah. isn't a whole left in storytelling for most of the shows because you know that somebody will go there's a gap there there's, there's a story we can fill in there and they'll explain why a character may do this or do that. Yeah. So it's I, not, what I'm saying is there's not the panic stations that there might be with another franchise. No, it's not, is there? But again, I keep, I have to remind myself sometimes that we are in the Disney era of deadlines. Uh. So I wonder if the, the guys were told, you know, John and Dave were told, you can do, you can carry on with Mando, but yeah. we need something for Christmas 21. You need to go. I just can't, no one's been able to crack, it's one of the biggest mysteries. Yeah. When Mando entered, like you say, was that plucked from season three? Or, mm -hmm. But what, what I can gather, we've got eight episodes for season three yeah. ready, so it doesn't quite add up. But 
I thought that, that 10, on a positive note, you could tell he poured his heart oh, and his soul into that. Massively. Really, He really, really did. And what they're doing with the, with the de-aging with Luke and to keep on bringing, which I'm all for, by yeah. the way, I'm not a person who enjoys recasting. Yeah. People have to matter. Yeah. So I was dead against uh, Carrie being recast in nine. I was quite happy with, with what they did. I thought they yeah. did a delicate job of that. But I like the fact that it's still Mark, yeah. although they are bucks in a corner because now they have to stick with Mark. Yes. Because um, people have to matter. Yeah. And we're seeing Luke now in his... This is what we... It's not fan service. It's no, just because no, we, we know these characters as good as the professionals because we've and lived them. And that's a great point. And, and it does get misconstrued sometimes as fans, not gatekeeping, but, but because you follow and read and, and absorb these characters and also sort of live with them beyond the material that they come from. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about them all the time. You're chewing over what they do. That a lot of these writers are kind of coming in and sitting down for their first interview with Variety, mm-hmm. going, I've been a Star Wars fan since I was 10 years old, and they give the whole Pat storyline of, yeah, I had all the toys and saw all the films, and yada, yada. Not a surprise when it's a cultural zeitgeist explosion like Star Wars that yeah. people are aware of it, but that they then pick the, the bones of the character, and they'll drill into a character in, mm-hmm. in a, in a dip, coming from a different way. We're getting it with Andor, like, not Luke, but you know Tony Gilroy's coming at characters from a completely different perspective that other writers might do but by the same token yeah you know they're they're presenting them in a way that okay we don't want everything to be pat and obvious and straight down the line but sometimes this is Susanna Malik from Mandalorian and Boba Fett and this is Fanta Tracks is it Fanta Tracks I'm I'm blind I couldn't read it Fanta Fanta Fanta. I'm still going to use that are you then use it Just to, this, I always thought this was an interesting point. See, if, see what you think. Because I, I was fascinated by it when she said it. Lisa Kudrow of Phoebe and Friends, mm-hmm. she, she said um, she never wanted it to come back and she never does want it to come yeah. back. And the audience waited with bated breath and somebody said, well, why not? Yeah. She said, because something would have to go wrong for there to be a story. Yeah. And I want it to be kept. Yes as it was, which I thought was, I mean, it's a pretty throwaway comment, but you can oh, yeah. apply that yeah. to anywhere. And it has to be, so if you think with Baba, he couldn't really, could he just, it would be fun. And this is me sort of, I suppose, defending the show now, mm-hmm. is because it would be fun to see him going around and smashing heads and whatnot. Yeah. But where's the drama? Where, so I, I understood it, yeah. but I just don't think... The execution, yeah. I think the intent was there, but the execution wasn't quite yeah. just there. And also it was a bit of, I liked the logic of him getting out of the soil like Peter. If Darth Maul can come back from being chopped in half, and literally anybody can come back. So there was no <laughs> issue with, with that. And Marvel did it in the comics in 84. And, you know, we've had this yeah. persistent storyline and he came back in the EU and, and all of that. Fine, never a problem with that. The thought that what happened to Bubba, <coughs> to the degree that it did, it was almost like, and I can say this, being married to somebody who's been through it, it was like surviving a cancer. It was like post-traumatic mm. health scare That's level of, take, yeah. you know, and psycholo- psychologically, it's not just the physical thing, which he clearly managed to get over. It, slowed, it clearly slowed him down. It aged him. It took it out of him. Yeah. But it's also the mental thing, and it isn't until the very end of that final episode, which, which again was a tonally so different to the two episodes we'd got before, but nevertheless... 
you know, he's like, I don't think this life's for me. And that came off like a throwaway line, but I think maybe they've left the door open. Maybe not next year, but I can see in the future that they might want to go back and do something yeah. else. Yeah, and, and of course, being, being the villain comes at a cost because he, he was orphaned. He saw his dad yeah. decapitated. He'd got no family, no tribe, much like... Him and Han, that was the fascinating thing with yeah. him and Han, Han, sorry. Yeah. Uh, they were, the, because they're both yeah. orphans yeah. together, really. And no wonder he, he wants a tribe. No wonder he was so taken with, yeah. this, with, the, with the Tuscans. They that was accepted. beautifully done as well, wasn't it? It was really delicate. I thought it was really well done, all that. Yeah. Um, and you really did feel it when they were slaughtered. Yeah. Yeah, you really did. Yeah. So Booker Bobber, as you say, mixed bag. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, glad we got it. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Um, even if just to see the interactions with him and him and Mando, really, yeah. and to see him try try to be the kind of new kingpin of, of Tatooine. But again, there was just odd stuff he done about the water and yeah. you know, time matters. We're given precious minutes, aren't yeah. we? I thought, yeah. oh, do we really need to know about the problems with water? You know, <laughs> but it was just, um, no, I, I, I didn't walk, I didn't finish it going, ooh. Yeah. But, That's yeah. six weeks I'll never get yeah, back. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I didn't feel like that at all. Yeah. Next series that came out, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, we've been thinking about this forever. You're a prequel kid. Yeah. So we've been thinking about this show forever. We've wanted you and to come back. Yeah. It's been on the cards for a long time. It was announced, I think, at D23 a couple of years ago. 2019, so we've, we've yeah. We've known it's coming. It finally arrives. Again, what were your sort of gut feelings when that rolled well, out? Well, the the hype, I had I this was the one project that I was this had for me this had to happen. I'd have banged on the door. I was so I was eight with the Phantom Menace. Grew up with the Preak. So Obi, because he's the one consistent yeah. actor as well. Obviously, yeah. we lost Liam in Episode One, and then Hayden comes in. So you and McGregor's Obi One was sort of my. Luke, yeah, in in a sense. Oh, so the sense, excitement, yeah. I I couldn't sleep. I had something to do on the morning, so I couldn't watch it at eight o'clock. Yeah, but I got and I was. It was the same level of buzz for me as the Force Awakens. Yeah, because we were all excited for that. I was. I I loved it. Yeah, I know this. I know this seems to be generally people seem to have liked it, and have a couple of gripes here and there, but I thought. In terms of elevating the character, because my concern, again, not to, I keep going back to, to cynical things, but my concern was that they were going to pull a Luke in yeah. eight. Yeah, yeah. Because I was so heartbroken by what happened. And I thought, oh my God, please. But I, I thought that McGregor's performance was yeah. some of the best acting we've really seen in Star Wars. And, and I think it's because Star Wars is, it's, it's a mix, it's, it's, a, it's a constant. In, in entertainment, in people's lives, it's, it's there and locked and it's not going away. And we're interested, whatever's going to be coming out, whether it's mm. animation, live action movies, whatever. <coughs> With Obi-Wan Kenobi, here we sit in December 2022, having watched Andor, which we'll get to in a bit, mm -hmm. and it makes you perhaps look back at Book of Bobber and Obi-Wan Kenobi in a slightly different way, which is fine because every subsequent project makes you look back at previous things in a different way. But when Obi-Wan Kenobi came out, the impact for you coming from your perspective oh, it was huge. immediate. Yeah, this I, I, I said to somebody who's a few years old, I said, This 
for me and for my generation of 90s this was if maybe Mark or Harrison came back mm. in the late 80s to yeah. do a show so this was the one that I was really gunning for the whole time and I thought that it really serves well as a sequel to the prequels yes in terms of the look more than a prequel to the Rio T yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. and it really elevate especially towards the end yeah because I know there were some concerns about, oh, is it going to retcon this or that? Yeah. But not only did we get this fascinating character portrayed. I, by the way, I always thought that a, a Luke Last Jedi storyline would have served Obi-Wan yeah. quite well. Yeah, yeah. You know, this complete tragedy. Um, there was so many... I, I, you, you're probably going to have to stop me with Obi-Wan. I, the symmetry between him and Leia. Yeah. So he was, he's the reluctant teacher. Yeah. With her, he gets, he, you know, he's a bit, oh, God, stop running. Can you stand still? Yeah. And then he really, it was such a delicate relationship. Yeah. I didn't mind that it wasn't Luke. No. I think if it would have been Luke, there would have been more story issues. And don't you think that that would, exactly that, it would have been the, the most obvious thing? Because we've imagined, and a lot of fans were like, didn't like Obi-Wan Kenobi because in their mind it completely went against what had been said before. To me, it didn't. The fact I that agree. they had the fight... Uh, Vader and, and uh, Obi-Wan in that particular setting didn't matter because Obi-Wan, all, all Obi-Wan or Vader ever said was, you know, we meet again at last. It was a basic, it's a long time since we've met. Well, this is 10 years before. Yeah. That was 20 years before. It's still a long time. The, the earlier films had a beautiful way of laying out a lot of information quite sparsely but not being so definitive. You know, Vader didn't say, it's 19 and a half years since we last met. You know, it doesn't give you that definitive time span. It's yeah, just vague true. enough that the writers can look in and go, well, actually, there's something there that we can drop in. So I, I didn't feel that there was too much that was contradicted. You pick up Obi-Wan, he's, he's kind of battered and defeated, but not. it's kind of explaining the film that, you know, he, he feels like he's, or the show, that he feels kind of deflated, defeated. He's, he's kind of watching Luke from a distance, but he can't get too close because of Owen and... You know, there's a lot of things yeah. that are contriving to make him feel down. You know he's trying to commune with Qui-Gon still and it ain't working. Mm -hmm. You know, but you work your way through the series to the end where you're thinking he's had a proper refresh. It's a zap of energy. He's got off planet for a start, which yeah. is probably a great Philip for him. You know, he's done something of significance in relation to Leia. He's reunited with Bale. You know, and he's there to help mm -hmm. if needed, which we know from A New Hope that was, the you know, how it was. I just think it just all of it gave him the energy to get through the next 10 years because we're still 10 years from A New Hope. I, I think so. And it was such... I think what... A few elements that get overlooked are some really wonderful, emotive story. One of my favourite moments was uh, the final duel uh, and, and Obi or Ben, is, is, he's trapped under the rocks. And we zoom in and he's hearing the voices of the past and, yeah. you know, Anakin and Palpatine and Yoda. But then, what does he remember? He has flashes of Luke and Leia. So he finds his strength through the children. Yeah. And that's gorgeous storytelling, that is. That's what gives him his, da -da -da, a new hope. Yeah. And then he finds, and I thought that all that was so delicately done, really. And also I think when you, when you think about it, when when you get to the OT and, and Yoda and Ben are very much putting their efforts on Luke and the expectation on Luke and mm -hmm. the pressure on Luke, I think one thing that Obi-Wan serves is to kind of show you that, one, 
I mean, we know down the line Leia will have her Force abilities, but I'm, I'm assuming, and it's probably not been drilled into too deeply, but they, Yoda and Ben, would know and at that point that Luke's the one that's going to present with the, with the Force powers initially. Yeah. But he's not anywhere near as strong a personality as Leia. So Leia's path is set in politics, in doing the Mothma thing almost, mm-hmm. you know, being, fr- being out there and seen and, and doing what she does. Yeah, yeah. And she's a lot... It's a different time, but you, you could kind of... And we've got season two of Andor to come, so we'll see how brave Mothma becomes. We mm-hmm. know that that's in her destiny, but Leia is just so bolshing and full-on that it makes sense to put the pressure on Luke. You know, you're, you're our only hope. Yeah. You know, well, there is another as a fallback position, kind of, and Luke knows that in time, but they're cultivating Luke aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Because Leia's got this other destiny that you've kind of seen starting Obi-Wan. I agree. And what, one moment that's really been, I, I really, re- I don't know if you've done it, really recommend watching Obi-Wan, then go and do A New Hope. Mm-hmm. One moment that's really elevated, I mean, you could, you could, it all works out wonderfully, doesn't it? Lucas planned it. <laughs> is when, now having seen Obi-Wan, on the Death Star, when uh, Han, Chewie, and they're running towards the Falcon, and Luke and Leia are there, and yeah. Ben's fighting Vader, and he looks and he sees Luke and Leia reunited. Yeah. Yeah. That grin that Alec does yeah. takes on a whole new yeah. meaning now. Yeah. It's almost this relief of, my job is done I can now. lay my saber down now. I, it's accomplished. They're, the twins are back together. Yeah. They really, really are. Um, and again, having what... It was just so de- gorgeous, really, how... You and played it the writing with Leia, and we haven't even got to about Vader. No, if there's one thing that Disney had done right, is that we're in a golden age of Vader. Yeah, he was handled really well in Rogue One, and yeah. I thought that Hayden did a re I don't know how much he was in the I, I've got a bit confused if I've read conflicting things how much he was in the suit. Yeah, but I, th- I thought Vader was yeah, spot on in Kenobi, and it's interesting in that Book of Boba Fett <coughs> wasn't. It, it wasn't constructed or required to be real deep, thoughtful, intertwined into the core fibres of the saga mm-hmm. in the way that Obi-Wan was and Andor was. So you kind of had an elevation of importance in the terms of, the, of how important it is to the wider story. Yeah. Boba Fett's a peripheral character at the best of times. Mm-hmm. He's, he's clearly more important in the prequel trilogy, but this is, this is yeah, after yeah. the OT. So this is another time. All that's happened and done. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you're finding out about a, a beloved, fan-loved character, but it's not massively, at this point, integral to the fate of the galaxy. What happens in Obi-Wan is what happens in Andor really is. True. So it feels like there's a, there's a grade of... Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's the depth of it. Yeah, you really do. And I thought that... Um, so contrasting Book of Boba with Obi-Wan, the flashbacks in Obi-Wan in Episode 5, that's how you do a good flashback. Yeah. That he with them training uh, in in the temple. Did you just to intercept? Did you think that was a flashback or a memory? Because I've had my thoughts on oh, it. Okay. I th- I think I think it was that more Obi Wan remembering the moment. The reason I say that is that they didn't go overly crazy on the de aging. It, it's your mind's eye when you're remembering stuff from your past. Oh, okay. You don't see it. if you're remembering something you did as a seven year old kid. You don't see yourself as I can't even picture myself yeah, as a seven year yeah. old kid. So you kind of see it through your eyes, but you don't see it as maybe it was. they were both remembering at the same time. Yes, because they were so. I always wondered if they were some vague 
connection of a dyad, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan and Anakin, because they, but that's true, that is, you're right, you, they, you did get a sense that they were both, Yeah. it was leading towards this moment of fate again, yeah. and they were both remembering the same lesson, or yeah. the same teaching, or even the same failure, because it's okay for people to fail, yeah. as long as they, you know, you, you, failure should reform you, not define you, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is what I think Obi-Wan did. And you know, Anakin, the mask cracked. The other side, as you saw in Rebels, oh, was beautifully done. And what and I love about that yeah. is that Obi Wan did one side, Ahsoka did the other, but the yeah. only person who could reach him was Luke. Yes, was the, was the the love yeah. of the sun to get brilliant. to take the mask off all together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it is way more thought through than people think. Yeah, and I think with with the original trilogy, especially, there's a lot of serendipity, a lot of things that kind of hang together almost by chance. Mm-hmm. And I think us as fans, over the, uh, and not just us, but all fans who sort of think think deeply about it, have kind of built up certain elements that if you just read them blankly on a, on, on a piece of paper, don't have the same depth if you, if you give them thought, if you think of it in collection or, or con- connection to other things. Yeah. And so Star Wars is still the, the, the film of all films that people still think about 40 plus years on, True. and it ain't gone away. Yeah. You're always going to go back to A New Hope. Everything in Andor is, everything in Obi-Wan, for goodness sake, it's all building towards the end of a new hope and the Death Star blowing up to yeah. a large degree. That's, that is definitely a, a big chapter. You know, that's why the calendar for Star Wars is yeah. you know, BBY, ABY before you have an after you have Yeah, I didn't like it when they changed it to Star Killer. Didn't they try? They tried. But it didn't in one stick. book. No, they, no, that's never going to take. No. That's never going to take. I thought I'd just, you'd have to stop me with Obi-Wan, honestly. For everything in one location, daily news, reviews, interviews, podcasts, video and social media feeds, bookmark. Fanthatracks.com for Star Wars news 24 7, 365. What did you make to the theory that each episode was um, one to six? So, in, 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 in chapter one of Obi Wan, it's the Phantom Menace. Right. You have a child, uh, uh, you have Leia, and then you have the call to adventure with Obi Wan. In episode two, you've got the kind of Coruscant type uh, world. Um, was it Mapuza? Yeah, Mapuza yeah. yeah. And then in three, you have a dual. Oh, Dayu, sorry. Dayu, sorry. You have a dual by fire. Yeah. Uh, once again, so with uh, when Vader burns Obi Wan, yeah. and you then obviously that relates back to Sith. Sith. Episode four is the rescue. Yeah. So uh, and then uh, chapter five, there was. Um, the reveal. Yeah. So we had the reveal about... Re- I know some of these are probably reaching a bit, but then... And then episode six, obviously, you have yeah. the duel of the fates. Did, yeah. What did you make... Did you think that was deliberate? Or? You know, I'd not heard that theory before, but now you say it, that there is some... I think there could be something in that. Because I didn't really get... I, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then the one that got me was chapter four, yeah. was the layer in the cell once yeah. again. And I went back and I went, oh, yeah, it's yeah. each... Yeah. And again, some of them are, it obviously doesn't follow its yeah. pattern by pattern. And kind of, that was it. And then chapter five, obviously, it leads on that bit of a downer. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. As, as we know, uh, much like Empire. There's probably something in that because High Republic is going off on a tangent. High Republic, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three. Phase one is the OT. Phase two is the prequel trilogy. They're going yeah. back 150 years. Phase three will be following on from phase one. And they said, oh, yeah, we totally did that because that's what George did sort of thing. You know, nice. of course, George never got to make 789. He, 
these, these ideas are out there, but you know they never did that. But nevertheless, that was kind of their logic. So, and I think it kind of comes into that beautiful ring theory thing that was really Absolutely. big a few years ago. Yeah, you know, and if they can not contrive, that's that's a bit too divisive a phrase. But you know what I mean? If they can kind of construct a sort of a theory, a sort of a cyclical thing, Absolutely. without giving the farm away. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice nod. At the very least, it's a nice nod to what Lucas did, isn't it? I agree. The, the one that's just come to me as well was um, uh, chapter six of Obi. Again, you've got the, the four spirit that arrives at yeah. the very end yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, Liam, and obviously we know about Endor. So I, I think there's... I quite like that. The the yeah the little yeah. romantic. I can see I, that. I've yeah. not heard that, but I can totally see that. Okay, now. I quite like that That's one. Clever. I liked it. We finished the season, or rather, we finished the year with Andor. Yeah. We've had twelve episodes of that show. Three episodes landed at and one day, thankfully, because yeah. <laughs> it was a slow start. And just built and built and built. Fandom was mixed. I think a lot got on board by the time it had finished and mm-hmm. could see where this was going, the, the, sort of the importance, the heft of it, the, the more mature nature, even though it's not an adult show, but it's got a more mature tone to it. What did you make of Andor as a whole, now that it's done and wrapped and we're now waiting for season two? I, again, it's a bit, it was 50% some of the best quality that we've ever seen, and then 50%, much like... Uh, oddly different of opinion but much like things annoyed people in Obi-Wan I'm quite a I can't think of a word to use but uh, I don't know if I can say it on this but when they swore early on in oh. Andor I it brought me out of it totally completely I don't I didn't like it no. I don't want it no. it ha- and then there were elements like that so I know obviously there was some there was one episode as they were building towards the heist in the Scottish Highlands, as they were preparing, and I watched it, and it was the acting was good, and the writing was good, and the but there was no, there was no Star Wars in there. Yeah, yeah. And then on the flip side of that, you get to the episode with the eye. Yeah. Oh my goodness me, that was absolutely stunning. That shot yeah. of the t- uh, gorgeous. One thing that, that I liked about Andor that a lot of shows promise but don't deliver on was. It's the old wrestling logic. I'm a wrestling fan. And wrestling psychology is you build and build and build towards the payoff. There's always got to be a payoff to the storyline. Yeah. And there's always storylines in wrestling. And it's like that in Star Wars. And sometimes the payoff is a little bit lame or a little bit expected and not so, not so satisfying. Mm-hmm. I think with Andor, they built towards payoffs in those chunks. They broke it down into little chunks. And the eye was, was totally a payoff. It was totally... They, oh, God, they yeah. delivered on what they promised in those preceding episodes. Yeah. And... We mentioned it. I mentioned it to Mark on making tracks about how weirdly Kathleen Kennedy not long ago had said we kind of want to get away from trilogies. We don't want to be beholden to the logic of a trilogy. And then we know season two is four trilogies of episodes, and this yeah. was three trilogies, and then they dropped a few other episodes to sort of make it up into the twelve. Do you know what I'm getting? Yeah, absolutely. You, you don't want to fall into a trope, but nevertheless, they had done it. It certainly does work, doesn't it? And it, you know, the one way out, all that. Yeah. That, Again, it took every now and again. It, it, it took a bit of time to get there. Yeah, but the you know all the payoffs. But some of the I mean, Luthen. Oh, it turned out he he's one of the most fascinating new characters to come out. And again, you have an, an actor like Skarsgård's yeah. caliber. That was absolutely. But there were just odd. I mean, I don't know. After the fourteenth cereal eating scene, I thought, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, he likes next. But don't you think there's there's 
it, I, I like this this divisive cat and being divisive is, is a tricky subject in Star Wars because we, we as we know Ape was kind of constructed to be divisive by design yeah and it kind of worked it over exceeded its, its limits in a, that a, a tad <laughs> just a bit but I think with, with this you've got a character like like Cyril mm-hmm. who some people love him I know people who think that's the most fascinating character and I think season 2 is going to be a real banner season for that character yeah. and other people who, who couldn't see the point of him uh, you know, and and you get to the end of. I mean, for me, I think when they all end up on Ferrix in the final episode, and it's beautiful the way it's worked that everybody's there, and it yeah. really is like oh, everybody's there. Yeah. You know, and Cyril sees what he sees. The guy that's you know making up his nice, smart uniform because he's all about order and, and presentation, and doing the right thing, and sees the order of the Empire literally flushed down the toilet because the funeral starts two hours early, and they just couldn't cope with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was fascinating to to the. To the nth degree, the detail of production, the, the the quality of presentation, the visuals, uniformly good. The, the, like you said, the performances, Skarsgård. Oh, God. And, and Fiona Mon, Shaw. Mon, Mon yeah. We talked about, we mentioned this last night, didn't we? I'd have quite happily had a... A show uh, about her. Yeah, Monmouth political drama. One, one of the writers, weren't they from House of Cards? Yep. So they know that kind yep. of genre. I'd have quite... that. Those were some of the most exciting. Nothing happened. No. It was just tantalising to see them do the the, the whole facade yeah. of smart, and then but it was just re- um, what a gift for her. You you you're cast with Lucas yeah. in in Sith. You end up on the cutting room floor. You come back in Rogue One, which I thought was a really nice, yeah. not fan service yeah. cameo. It needed her there, yeah. and then you come back and you're able to do this. It was amazing. And Tony Gilroy said, you know, when he started writing it, and I think even. I may have to go back and reread the, the interview, but, but my memory is him saying, you know, they'd started filming it and he didn't realise what a powerhouse actress she was. Yeah. And so he's like, I can give, the, I, maybe he's referring to season two, I can give this actress anything. I can literally throw the book at this woman and she's going to be able to perform to it, Absolutely. react to it. it. For a writer to know that you can give her anything must be so yeah. liberating. It's a gift, isn't it? When you, yeah. when you, get, you can just, like you say, completely trust and know that it's going to happen like that. It, but the production values on this show, yeah. if every Star Wars oh. show had that... Again, a couple of... You know, I'm not completely goggly-eyed, but a couple of times with Obi-Wan, there were obviously some budget issues, weren't there? Mm. But if every show had that, oh, my goodness me, we'd be, we'd be flying, wouldn't we? Then you might go, well, actually, do we need films? Well, yeah. But it's not, we're not there yet... But, but we, we talked about it on stage yesterday when we talked to some of the guys from, from Andor uh, and I, I spoke to one of the fellas from Rogue One as well which will be coming on uh, Fantasy Tracks Radio soon and the, the mix between, for example, Stagecraft which is still relatively new yeah. you know, and, and building just these monster sets like Ferrix which they basically just built they just built Galaxy's Edge in Buckinghamshire, didn't yeah. they, essentially? And, and like, like um, Stephen said, why didn't they just keep it open as a tourist attraction? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to go and see that? I know there was issues with the, the rights to keep the land there and the times they'd worked out. unfortunate, but nevertheless, when you've got stuff like that, it just, it must, I don't know. You've got to pick, you've got to pick your battles, haven't you? You've got to pick the right tool for the right job. So Stagecraft works for some things and doesn't work for others. And you look at Andor and think, would, for example, Ewan... You know, Ewan loved making Kenobi because yeah. he, could, he literally is 20 minutes drive home every day. Great yeah. for him. You know, young yeah. family, blah, blah, blah. That worked wonderful. You accommodate the, the actors where you can. 
nevertheless, you come back to the UK, okay, they travel all around the UK to film stuff for Andor. You see the final results of Andor. I'm, I'm just thinking this in the moment. I'd love to know, what, for example, what Hugh McGregor thinks of Andor, and he looks at that and goes, good grief, look at that. Hello, I'm Dennis Lawson, and you're listening to Fanta Tracks. When we went up to see him at Edinburgh Comic Con, he'd said that he hadn't watched Andor yet because he knew a lot of the crew. Yeah. So he was saving to binge them. But like you say, does he then go, ah, this would have been yeah. a lot. When we do season two. Yeah, yeah. which I think he's... The, but I, we, we, we mentioned this last night, and this isn't my uh, terminology, but I was totally on board with the volume. Yeah. Because it was George's vision. Totally. Right in the attic. Yeah. Shooting the garage. Grady Ranch. Editing yeah. the basement. Yeah, yeah. It's literally it. And with Mando, I see why they did it. This yeah. is the first live-action show. We've got to be careful of budget. Is it going to work? And it did feel... Yeah. I remember watching... Was it the Disney Gallery show? Yes. Yeah. And you, I, I paused it a couple of times because you, you can't tell sometimes where no, the volume is, and yeah. this, and that's genius. Yeah. But again, a couple maybe with Ob a couple of times. But was that was a lot of the budget on you and getting you know he's an A-lister. Was it on the effects? You got yeah. to have this big deal. So I understood. And again with with Andor, the I mean getting Forrest Whitaker back would have yeah. been. A, but the, the 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 it felt like a HBO show. Yeah. Which I think was both a blessing and a curse, because I said, "Go the swearing." It, uh, no, I'm fine, yeah. thanks. Yeah, not was not keen on that. I know some people are all. It doesn't bother them. But. Well, it's the Marvel thing, isn't it? When she filmed the scene, instead of saying "fight ferrix," she said something else, beginning with yeah. "ferrix." And I know some people. Some people are actually on the set. Were like, "Oh, they should have left it in." You know, and I'm not. No, I'm sorry. The fact that that was touted has me concerned. Big time. Um, it's a cheap pop. Yeah. It's cheap. They did it on Star Trek, but I can kind of forgive it on Star Trek because Star Trek is us in the future. This is Star Wars a long time ago and a long way away, and there's no place for that word when there's a dozen Star Wars fake, like Dank Ferric or whatever, yeah. that they can throw in instead and have... It's the way you say it. Half these words, it's the way you say it. If you say a word with intent, you know? You don't need it. It doesn't. It. it doesn't need it. You hear, you know, there's a reason why... It's not in Star Wars. Yeah. Is because a five-year-old and an eighty-five-year-old yeah. can both Watch it. sit and, and it really took me out of it. I, yeah. I know I'm labouring on one point, no, no, no. but it really did yeah. get to me. Uh, I and because there's a lot of I don't the accents didn't like the Scottish and uh, that was just fun. But well, did I've got to ask you as a fellow person from the same part of the world? Did you spot the brummy voice? In? A good bit of uh, yeah. Did you? I couldn't believe that. I interviewed, Episode ten. I think it was. It was it's the prison break one. I, I interviewed David Collins uh, a couple of weeks ago, and after I wish I'd asked him on the show, and he might not have had a clue what I was talking about. But I, I messaged him after. I haven't had a reply yet, but I did say, "Can you find out who the brummy guy was in the prison break?" Because you can clear it. It's, it's just like an Alien Three. <laughs> the guy in Alien. <laughs> he's coming this way and he's really pissed off and it was the same <laughs> just f- hearing that yeah. just took me out the moment but hearing it in Andor was like I'm so pleased because I've heard like you say you've heard Scottish accents you, you've you, you know um, Qui-Gon you know Liam we've yeah, heard Irish yeah. accents we've heard all the accents now and that's fine because it's a yeah. tool to delineate between pe- regionally where people are from yeah. I don't mind that you know he's cl- that guy's clearly not a brummie you know Liam's clearly not an Irish guy yeah you know it, it gets me sometimes when they'll have a a character that let's say they uh, in Rebels they'll have a character that is physically designed to look like he's from Japan let's pick mm-hmm. a country Japan 
and then they'll pick a voice actor who's clearly got that accent that matches it, and then they'll give them a character name that clearly sounds like a Japanese character. Yeah. That, to me, makes literally no sense. Agreed. Because that's not a Japanese guy in Star Wars. Yeah. There's no requirement to do that. Cassian Andor is a name that could be attributed to anybody in Star Wars. True. The fact that it's Diego Luna using his own accent, which just sounds like the most natural thing in Star Wars now. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, That's can, a really good point. They can really mix it up if they want to. There's no yeah. requirement to match a name sounding like an Earth name with a no, voice no, that no. matches what you would consider would match the face. Make it a melting pot. Yeah, I agree, absolutely. And it, it's not, again, it's just, we are but not products of the time. So with the original trilogy, it was, well, we've got these American actors and we've got these British actors. So that's, that's it. it was cost. It Top was, and bottom. Yeah, that's all it literally was. So now you do get this real, uh, some of it with the Scottish, it, it did, uh, it did raise a titter every now and again. Oh, yeah. um, but no, you would, because there'd be in a galaxy, you would have different inflection. Yeah. I mean, I'm fascinated by accents anyway. Yeah. And you, it must be nice. I don't know. Say you are a Scottish, you're a Scotsman. You go, oh, great, that's... Yeah. I meant Star Wars. That's you know, it. That, it must be good. Yeah. But it gets right back to the original, as we, we come to the end of this podcast. It goes right back to the original when you listen to Star Wars. Star Wars and Empire, let's say. Star Wars and Empire. And it's Han and Han, Leia mm. and Leah, Bobber and Boba. Yeah. And like... When people have corrected me for saying Boba Fett instead of Boba Fett. What do you say for Han? Boba Fett. Do you say Han or Han? Han. I say Han, yeah. yeah. But a lot of people say Han. Leia said Han. Other people say Han. Yeah. Boba. Han so- Harrison Ford says Boba Fett, Boba Fett. It's right there in the film. So it, there's so many examples. Executor. You know, you bought the Executor box set earlier. Yeah. Tim. If you're in America, it's Executor. Yeah. Which makes literally no sense to me because an executor True. hands out a will, an executor is <laughs> going to chop your freaking head off. That you know, it's a to- it's the intent of the word yeah. and also how we say it. I don't think there's a, an, any wrong way to say it. It's an at at. Absolutely. I Why do- would you say at oh, at? The it- words literally are at and at at at. Yeah. I always thought it was uh, me being common when I said stuff like Han and no. and stuff like that. But it does seem to. But I quite like the. But all this modern stuff now, yeah. opening the boundaries. I think Clone Wars did it really initially, really well. But the weak way are always have like the you know the weird Cockney accents. Yeah. Apart from Hondo, who sounds Italian, you know. <laughs> and then all the uh, the Twilex had the French accent, and you know they really did open it up in that sense. And Jar Jar's got a, sort of an accent, not not a specific Earth yeah, accent, but, but you know, I know what you mean. They're trying to really mix it up, and it feels in the best sense now. It's coming home to roost. And it just really stood out to me in Andor in a really good way. It did, yeah, I agree totally. It really, really did. Um, Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. We had that very... I think they should have waited till maybe Christmas Day to release yes. it, so it didn't get lost. Weren't you disappointed it did kind of get lost in the mix, didn't it? It was, it was like everyone was talking about it for, t- for seven days. And yeah. forgotten about I thought it was fantastic. Excellent. That fourth episode. Yeah. With Yaddle. Oh, my goodness I mean, that me. Is, to me, that's like top... Top three Star Wars animation ever. Yeah, absolutely. I agree the, totally. The heft of it, the fact that it's actually Mid doing the Emperor. Yeah, Corey I loved Burton it. doing Dooku. It was just Bryce Dallas, Bryce Dallas Howard. She Howard was Yaddle. Yaddle, and just the music. Yaddle or Yaddle? Yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> Yoda or Yoda? Yeah. You know, <laughs> Yoda. And being in that, being in that room, <laughs> being in that room, the works from the end of Episode Two. You know that yeah. that room where you know Sidious and, and Dooku have their meeting there. Just being in there, the way the whole thing played out was just that. That's a top. I mean, that's like top three of the year comfortably for me. Oh, easy. It, 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 it's such a shame it got lost in yeah. the... It, it, that, we, release it at Christmas, yeah. have its own thing, yeah. and you could have... 
But I, I, I like it when, it's like off tangent, but it relates. So, so Liam came back yeah. for Towers. What did he have, like six, oh, seven lines? If that. But I like it when, because it shows people care. Yes. I don't, because we care so much and yeah. it's, it rules our life in a, in a good way. Yeah. But I like it when people, it's like when he came back for Obi, he said, no, no, I don't want anybody else. I don't want anybody else playing him. That's my <laughs> character. I like that. Yeah. I want to know that it's special to you as well. Yeah. But the voice talent and the writing and the, I thought it was, I, I like the, the symmetry between yeah. so Dooku now. Oh, man. You can't look at Dooku the same way again, can no. you? No. He's not a political idealist. He's a murderer. Well, it turns out yeah. he is a slightly murderous yes. so I loved it um, but again shame that it got this is, the, this is the way we're in now it is content after yeah. you know Andor's finished well don't don't cancel Disney Plus just yet because Bad Batch is on January 4th yeah. exactly and March 1st is season 3 Mando yeah. and then we've got Ahsoka next year and quite possibly Skeleton Crew at the back end of the is year it, when's, is the Acolyte next Christmas or is that I 24 think, I think Acolyte is 24 I could be wrong oh, okay. I mean I know they're filming that way through I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, 24 because okay. they're filming that right through the, through the summer. Obviously, Andor season two is 24 as well. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? We'll have some news on the film by then. We wait with bated breath. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. It's been really fun. I've really enjoyed it, mate. Thank we'll, you for having we'll me. We'll do this again. Uh, absolute pleasure. I'd love to. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Making Tracks. If you want to be a part of the action and stay updated on all the latest Star Wars news, visit PantherTracks.com or check out the free PantherTracks app through the App Store to follow us on your mobile device. You can reach out to us and send in your listeners' questions by emailing radio at PantherTracks.com. Comment, like and share on any of our social media feeds at PantherTracks. And be sure to subscribe, leave a review, preferably a five-star one, on Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast or smart speaker of choice. And as always, thanks to James Temple for composing the PantherTracks intro, Adam O'Brien for I'm making tracks opening music and Mark Daniel and Vanessa Marshall for our voiceovers remember tune in to Good Morning Tatooine it's live Sunday evenings at 9 o'clock UK 4pm Eastern 1pm Pacific on Facebook and YouTube and check out our Fanthatracks radio Friday night rotation every Friday night at 7pm UK time for new episodes of the Fanthat from Down Under Planet Layer Desert Planet Discs Start Your Engines Collecting Tracks Cannon Fodder and special episodes of Making Tracks and that's me done for this episode Coming up next on Fanthatracks radio it's Collecting Tracks